I knew I had a busy day the next the next day to get up. And so we ordered pizza, sent the kids up to bed. He was working, doing some work in his chair. And I said, good night, hun. Like I had a thousand other nights. And somewhere in the early morning hours of that next morning, I woke up to his funny breathing. That's Lisa Apollo. She's a mom of seven who married her high school sweetheart. But the storybook life the two of them had built together was about to shatter. She joins us today with her whisper story about how God sustained her during unimaginable heartbreak. Lisa's story is a hard one, but it's also full of hope. Episode two of the So God Made a Mother podcast starts now. Hey friends, we are thrilled to have the lovely Lisa Apollo with us today. A little bit of info about her. She is a writer, speaker, and author of Life Can Be Good Again, Putting Your World Back Together After It Falls Apart. Hi, Lisa. Hey, Leslie. Hey, Carolyn. Thanks for having hey. me today. Yes. Thanks for joining us. We've known your story. No, knew of your story. You're in the Her View group. Your book is beautiful. But reading your email submission for the whisper story. I just, it took my breath away again, like these tend to do. And I got the goosebump moments and it was, it's such, you can tell that God had his hand in all of this. And I think we just want to dive in and, and have you tell your story. Yeah. So this moment has been very meaningful to me. It's one I have not shared very much because it's very personal. What happened was my husband, we were parents of seven kids. So you can imagine very busy home. I was kind of, I was at home at that point. Um, I was kind of the hub of the wheel. I had teens and tweens. I had a four-year-old and a six-year-old. Life was chock full. And I was happy. I was very happy kind of being in the home, getting people where they needed to go, kind of keeping the rhythm of our home. But my husband traveled quite a bit. And he had a trip coming up to the Florida Keys. And so he said, I want you to go with me on this trip. And we had not been away very much, uh, seven kids. And it was just hard, you know, to, to, to get away. So I could count like less than five, less than three when we had been away just with each other since we got, you know, since having kids. So, um, but our daughter was old enough at that point to kind of, you know, take care of the house and hold the fort down. So I said, okay, well, the night before we were laying in bed, it was dark, kind of laying on our pillows. And that whole mom panic started to rise in me because, um, on the heels of this three day trip to the Florida Keys, I would come back and I'd have one day to get everybody packed, ready, you know, everything washed and get us ready to fly out early the next morning for my parents' 50th anniversary, which had been on the books for a long time. I actually still had some things I had to prepare for that, some like presentations and pictures. And I can so feel I became, that anxiety for you right there, you like know. just knowing what you have to do We've all been there. as a mom. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And just knowing like there's no way I'm going to be able to get this done. And the, the thing that I could cut was the trip. And so I laying in the dark, I said, I'm not going to be able to go with you to the Keys. And Dan said next to me, I knew you'd say that. And he wasn't saying it out of um, even really disappointment, though I know he was disappointed. He was not accusing me. He understood. Like he had lived with me long enough that he got it. <laughs> and he knew. He knew that it would be hard for me to, to just step away on the heels of this trip. That's all he said. 
And I just lay there for a minute and got this whisper that said, all your husband wants is to go on this trip. Just go. And so I did. So the next morning we got up, we had a wonderful time. We drove in his truck. We're in Florida. So the north part of Florida, we we drove all the way down, you know, um, watched him work, take work phone calls, you know, reminisce through all the places we'd been in Florida. We both were born and raised in Florida. Um, And the other thing, the next day, the God gave me another whisper, which was so unusual. And he said, just say yes to whatever he wants. And let me tell you, girls, I, I can have an opinion. You know what I'm saying? And so I can we like, like to make plans. Don't yes. We? Yes. Yeah. Lots of things. Oh, you know. And so yeah. when he wanted to go stop at this dive in the middle of downtown Miami, this place, he'd love to get Cuban coffee. And I would have gone to like, you know, Panera. I was just like, okay. So what? Whatever he wanted to do, like whatever, wherever he wanted to go to eat, whatever music he wanted to listen to, I just, it was so freeing, honestly, to just not be on the hook for anything, to make any decisions and just say, okay. So I was along for the ride. We had a wonderful time. We had those three days together. We honestly said everything that you would want to say, you know, Um, and stopped at some really, like the, the last stop we made on the way before we got home was one of the first place we'd ever dated this little restaurant that stretched out over the beach, um, just in Ormond, Daytona area, Flagler beach. And so we, um, got home, you know, I knew I had a busy day the next, the next day to get up. And so we ordered pizza, sent the kids up to bed. He was working, doing some work in his chair. And I said, good night, hun. Like I had a thousand other nights and somewhere in the early morning hours of that next morning, um, I woke up to his funny breathing and I thought it was just a nightmare. I thought he was, you know, this was nightmare breathing and I wasn't even awake enough to take it all in, but I just kind of instinctively reached out my hand and nudged him and said, it's just a nightmare, hun. And I expected that he would turn over and we would go back to sleep and wake up to his alarm, but he didn't turn over. And as I woke more to his breathing, I realized, you know, I jumped out of bed I turned on the overhead light and I could see immediately that something was very wrong. And um, it was a nightmare. I mean, honestly, there had been no signs, no symptoms. I had been with him for three days. I had had the gift to know that there was nothing that I could have seen that I could have done different. Um, But he was taken by ambulance to the ER. When I arrived a little bit later, they took me into that room. You never want to go in. And they said, we've, you know, we've worked on him for over an hour and we've never been able to revive him. And so that was it. Like I went to bed, happily married to my high school sweetheart and woke up a widow and single mom with seven kids. Actually, I thank you for sharing the story. And we're honored to, to share the whisper story that you haven't talked about before. Yeah. How do you, how do you process that moment? And when did you, when were you able to look back and say, oh my gosh, God had his hand in that because he knew what was going to happen and he knew he wanted to give you that time with your husband? Yeah. I think pretty quickly, you know, when something like that happens, you do go into shock and you kind of go into survival mode and 
our house filled with people and I'm worried about my children and coming home and telling them um, that the dad is in heaven. I think on some level, I knew that I had been with him for those three days and that I had seen him and there was nothing that I could have seen that could have helped me change the outcome, which is what we all want. But it did take me probably a few weeks, maybe till after the service, till after everything quieted down, when I realized that God had prompted me to go with him and that had I not listened to him, that I would have like lived that, number one, lived with that regret forever. But number two, just missed out on um, like we like our the last picture on my Instagram before he passed away is us sunset in the back, the keys, you know, just just having those moments. Um, and then on top of it, for God to say, just say yes, like just enjoy him, just delight in him and who he is, and let this be a gift. Such a reminder that God, you know, we can't, we, God doesn't prevent suffering for us. We will all walk it, but his hand is all over us before it, in it, and through it. Even in ways we don't see at the time, like you said, when you're in that moment with your, your family, you know, you just thought it was normal. Like you said, you just went to bed, you know, oh, good night. I mean, I had no idea have asked me a lot with our own whisper stories you know how did how did you know it was god and i never know the answer to that did you Mm. how do you know how did you hear god in Mm -hmm. that moment yeah a couple things um it was it was like it was spoken but it wasn't spoken like it was clear words that i remember to this day so that's one thing i think the second thing is anytime god has when i have sensed god the Spirit, the Holy Spirit speaking to me, it kind of comes from nowhere and it doesn't make sense. It's not something that I would do in my own, like I would reason through it and say, this is this is what I would do. And both of those things were very out of character, you know? And of course, I had no idea what was on the other side of this. I only knew that God had spoke it and I just, I guess it was so clear that it was okay for me to say, okay, despite all the things on my plate, you know? Yeah. I think that the more we walk with God and the more we listen and follow him, that's the thing. Like if I were to have turned away from that and dismissed it, sometimes I think that maybe the next whisper wouldn't be so clear. Right. But when we, when we hear those whispers and they turn out to be so spot on, then we realize what a gift they are and to listen to them. Yeah, and we all notice. and we all can hear him, I think. Right. Too, but I think you're right of when we choose to listen and not ignore right. that. I, I think you had said too. You felt a lot of peace that those mm-hmm. three days, right? When you feel like yeah, you didn't have totally. to make those decisions. That's when I look back to some of the whispers in my life. I'm like that. That peace is there. That's really mm-hmm. hard to explain because it doesn't seem like it should be a peaceful moment. But then you can look back and say, oh yeah that that was God's hand in in all of that that comes from listening because we are so busy and so just prone as mothers I think and as busy women and just in the 
culture that we're in where it's everything all the time to just go, I don't have time for that. Like, what, (laughs) what do you mean? I'm going to sit, you know, and, and put everything down for three days and go. So to listen for that, I mean, how that helps you, I think, be able to simplify, right. And just to cut out the noise and, and to hear that whisper. Yeah. That's, you know, I think too, we can, um, you know, God of the Bible, we see him interacting personally with people, but in our own lives, sometimes he can feel distant. You know, we can get mm-hmm. into this rhythm of Bible study and prayer and, t- and scripture memory. And, um, and when God kind of cuts through that and whispers to us something that is so personal and so practical, um, we realize, you know, he, he does see us. And he's not just like a God out there. He's a God right here with me who cares about like every detail of, of our walk. Mm-hmm. Can I ask you about your, your kids and your family then? How do you, cause that's a hard position to be in as a mother and to some of the hardest conversations we've ever had with our kids deal with sharing very hard news and mm-hmm. grief. How do you turn that into a lesson about faith? How did you do that? A couple of things. God for sure um, gave me where I knew people were praying for us because like God would give me words that weren't mine. And that like very, so our oldest son was off at camp and we had to track him down like in the very, he was about to go on the um, Appalachian Trail for a week. And so we had to track him down just so many ways that God was in that getting him located. And, and I had to tell him over the phone that his dad had passed away. Like there was, this came from nowhere. And I remember us being gathered around and my children there and a few friends who were there with us as I had gone into my bedroom to take that phone call and to tell him. And I remember saying to my kids, you know, some people, some people never get like a day with the kind of dad you had. And you had him. You had that kind of dad. You have that kind of dad. And um, so just seeing the gratitude right off, not that it didn't hurt hurt and that it wasn't painful and that it wasn't just all just completely just um shattered just shattered everything about our life but i think going on from there you know there was another moment where my youngest son fast forward a few years he was 6 at the time his dad died i think he was probably about 10 we were sitting on the beach and i saw him walking up the beach with his dad's uh surfboard and as he was walking up the beach, my mind went back to his dad, who would do the same thing. And um, when we dated in high school, and um, I thought to myself, "This is not what I wanted for you. Like your dad should be there teaching you how to surf and walking up that beach w- with you." And as I thought that, I thought, "This is not what I wanted for you." But God, God knew that it would be here, and to kind of chisel out the expectations that we have for our kids. One of my prayers has always been for my kids, for them to love the Lord with all their heart and their soul and their mind. And maybe this, just like you and I, just like suffering can draw us closer to God, can help us see things about God we would never see otherwise, can help us depend on Him in ways we never would. Suffering for my kids could do the same thing. And so just understanding that and coming coming to peace with that, that this could be a way that they would know God in a very personal and very deep way that they never might have otherwise. Yeah, that's beautiful. If there's someone out there listening now 
and they're walking through a very hard time and they're in it and they want to get to, I don't know if you can say there's ever another side, but I feel like you have a lot of peace with your story at this point. What advice would you have for them? Yeah. Well, you, you can't rush through it. You can't rush through grief, whether it's a marriage that falls apart or a chronic diagnosis or, um, you know, a relationship with an adult child. There's just so many ways that our heart can shatter and the, and the plans that we had for life can shatter. I would say to, um, that you can't rush through and try to get to the, you know, even though I knew that God would be faithful, it took walking that every day, walking the grief, walking the sadness, walking the loneliness, walking the everyday new hard tasks to get to the point that I could smile again. And I remember that was huge because I remember thinking, I like, I will make the most of this for my kids, but I will never smile again. Like, I don't think I'll ever have that, just that joy that bubbles up again. Um, and when I found it, when joy did bubble up like that, which came earlier than, it's not like, you know, you get through all the grief and then you have joy. It's, it's right there in the middle of it. But it was such a, just such a reminder of the hope that we have that God does still have good for us. And that he does still have so much life for us and that we just need to keep walking through that hard place and uh, not stuff our emotions, not try to skip them, not try to, uh, you know, try to um, shop them or drink them away or do all the things that we can do with our emotions, but just take those raw emotions to the Lord and lay them down and say, like, I don't understand. This is not the story I wanted, but I trust you. I think I want to know for people who if they don't believe they have ever heard God, is there something we could tell them, something you could tell them that could make it easier? Maybe that's how Carolyn would be worth that. No, I know what what you're trying to say because it's sometimes you listen to stories like yours, Lisa, or where you go, well, yeah, I mean, that's big grand gestures and big, you know, voices (laughs) coming out of nowhere, things like that. I don't have that in my, you know, every day. But I think, Leslie, you're right in trying to say that it's, it is there, I think. I mean, that's part of, God does care about the little details, you know, the the sparrow in the, in the tree. The, and so to recognize that, does that just take quieting yourself? Does it take giving up control? What do you think mm. it takes to recognize those feelings or those, those whispers might actually be happening in your own life and, and are. Yeah. Um, I would say a couple things. One is that, you know, the reason why these whispers give us such chills is because they are rare. They Mm -hmm. are. And you're, you're right, Leslie and Carolyn, like everybody has access to the spirit of God. You know, if you're a child of God, God is going to speak to you. He says, you know, in Isaiah, um, oh, I can't think of the, the verse, but where he says, you will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way walk in it. Mm-hmm. So, but I would say that on the daily, like getting in God's word, I cannot tell you how many times God has spoken to me in, in his word. And he did that all when I was, you know, in that raw, raw grief. I mean, I was every day in the word and every page was for me. So many times before it was like, oh, she needs to hear this, or I need to share this with the kids. This was, listen, this was for me. I was desperate to hear from God. And so he spoke to me like like I would get something out of the word every single day. 
But the other thing is, I wonder sometimes if God doesn't speak to us, if the Holy Spirit doesn't give us that nudge, and we either dismiss it or we just disobey it. And I think the more we do both of those, don't trust that this is from the Lord, that this is a nudge for us. And if it if it agrees with Scripture, if it if it you know if it is um, something that agrees with the character of God, mm-hmm. then we can t- you know we can trust that, that the Holy Spirit is at work in us. But I think sometimes you know in my own life, He has told me to do stuff, and I've said that's unreasonable or it's too hard or I've just dismissed it. Yeah, and that trust, that trust mm-hmm. is so hard for us to do, but. It's yeah, faith, I mean, isn't it? It's That's faith. faith. It's yeah. with so many questions I have. Like yeah. my husband always says, I'm like, I, I don't understand this. This part of the Bible doesn't make sense. He's always like, Well, that's faithless. I'm like, nah, <laughs> I don't like that. I don't like yeah, we that. don't like that. That's yes, true. <laughs> I want it to be black and white, and it is yeah. not. It is not. But I love how you that that will stick with me of you had a peace and you trusted in that moment. And because of that, you were able to have three incredible days with your husband before he went to heaven. And what a gift, what a gift that is. God is so good. I always think too, that I can see it in your story that God uses these difficult times, these suffering, this time of suffering somehow to draw you closer. Like that to me, I I see that in you too, that it's like, how do you go through something like that and go, you know, God used it for good. That mm. is, that's a testimony of yours, a powerful yeah. one. I would, I always say I would, I would never want to, I would never choose a story, Sure, but I would never want to go back to the girl I was before. Right. Yeah. And that's faith too. I suppose. That is. That's what he does. <laughs> oh, so thank can people perfect. find you? Cause you have your book yeah. and social media and you are a writer and a speaker. Can you give us all those details? Sure. They can find me. At, um, my site is kind of the hub. So Lisa Apollo, two P's, one L, lisaapolo.com. And I'm on socials that way. And yeah, um, would love to connect with y'all there. And we'll put all those details in the show notes. Right, Carolyn Moore? Indeed, we will. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Lisa. This is this was beautiful. Appreciate you. Thank you for your work. Thank you for opening this topic. It is, I can tell you, it is going to touch so many people. And I think it's going to change lives as people realize that God is active in our life and he, he cares about us. We always say it's bigger than us. Yes. And it doesn't Mm. make any sense that I'm like, if God wants this to keep going, he's going to do it. And he keeps doing it. So here we are. Here we are. All right. Well, thank you so much, Lisa, for being here. Leslie. Oh yeah. Don't, don't forget. (laughs) The world needs your story. (laughs) Thanks for joining us.